Welcome to the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. From now until kickoff, Fred Hubner and Brian Hanley talking Bears football. Listen live on ESPN 1000 and the new ESPN Chicago app presented by Points Bet Sportsbook. Also brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka, ComEd's Energy Efficiency Program, Marquee Sports Network, and CBDMD. Are you ready? Um, yeah. Welcome to the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Oh! Brian, it's amazing what a victory can do for a city. Is that overstating yes. the fact? Well, I think there are a lot of people out there who want to believe that to be true. Yeah. And then there are a lot of people out there that believe they beat a bad team, which they I, I, both both statements can be true. Correct? Sure. Sure. You can feel good about what you watched with the Bears offense and the defense was better, obviously. And you can also say, but by the way, that's what you're supposed to do if you're a playoff team. You're supposed to be at home, beat up against a really bad Houston team that's in complete disarray and was also missing a couple of their key offensive players, such as it is when you have you have the quarterback. Beyond that, I don't know how many key offensive players had, but the, right. the receivers were out, right? So. Yeah, yeah. Receivers were out, and uh, the Bears and Mitchell Trubisky knocked off the uh, Texans last week uh, relatively easily. Uh, 30 first-half points, and that was just ridiculous. We had not seen that uh, all season long, a team that had st- – you know, struggled to score 22 or 23 points yeah. in a game throughout the course of the year, and they had 30 at half. And, um, you know, and then, and now we hear Mitch throughout the course of the week, and we'll hear some of the Mitch sound and Matt Nagy sound here on the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. But um, now it's like a renewed Mitch. The, the The coaches are listening to what I've I've asked them to do. I wanted to get the ball to Cole more often. I wanted to get Montgomery the ball more often. And hey, stuff's working, I guess. You know. Well, and Fred, how how damning is that? Yes. That the coaches didn't want to get the ball to Cole more often, um, and, and they found a running game, and they found an offensive line. So eventually, they got there, um, and it's been pretty good the last few weeks. And it's great they're putting up the big numbers, um, but it's amazing how one game can change the conversation to now. Hey, is it possible Mitch comes back on a couple year contract and a make good contract? I mean, you know, we've had we've had our, our Twitter poll questions the last few weeks, right? Four yeah. more years of Mitch, right? How many more games is he going to start for the Bears? And we we're kind of being facetious, but now the conversation there there's a segment out there, maybe even in House Hall, that said, and what is the alternative? Considering we're drafting and, and Nick Foles is been a failed experiment, including against the Minnesota Vikings in, in the first matchup. Sure. Where they had, what, 149 offensive yards, the yep. fewest to Matt Nagy's career as a Bears head coach? That was it. 149 so. yards against the Vikings in the Week 10 loss to Minnesota, 19-13. The entire nation had a chance to see how bad the Bears were at that point. Uh, they were very good last week. and But they are going to have one of their young, good players out. And that's not really a good thing your for the guy, Bears. Your guy. Yeah, Jalen Johnson's out. Yeah, you you identified him early on as, yeah. as a guy who's going to be pretty good. And I mean, here's a guy, 96% of defensive snaps he's been on the field for. Yeah. So, and now, pretty and, significant. Yeah. Right. And now you've got a guy named Kendall Vildor 
Uh, was he was, Harry Potter? Was I think he, he was. Yeah. I think he was. Uh, he was actually drafted in this most recent draft. It, it, it's funny. I'm looking at Jason Leisure, a guy that actually has, well, he's just reported what he's seen. So he, but, but he's beaten up on the Bears quite a bit throughout the course of the year. Today, he writes an article that says Bears still deserve a high five. And he talks about their draft class. And for all Ryan Pace has done poorly, and mm-hmm. for all Matt Nagy hasn't put these guys into play, think about his draft class this past year. Second-round picks in Jalen Johnson and Cole Komet. You got Darnell Mooney with a fifth-round pick. And you also drafted uh, Kil- uh, Kendall Vildor later on. He's playing today. So these are guys that actually have contributed. So if you get four guys in your lineup that were recent draft picks, that's, that's not bad. Considering no, the Bears didn't have a pick in the first round. Well, here's the, here's the problem. It, that's not bad at all. And if you hit on four or five every year in the draft, you're going to be in the playoffs pretty much every year right. uh, in the ensuing years. But this reminds me of Jerry Angelo. Uh, how many GMs ago? Jerry, it, it seemed to me, and I think other people shared this opinion, that Jerry was afraid to, to have a high draft pick, certainly a high number one in, in the first round. And would more likely want to trade down, and that's how he got Rex Grossman. Uh, he he didn't want the pressure of having to select in the top ten or top five. Sure. So he would rather make the argument that more draft picks are better, and the the bust rate is high enough that you want a couple more swings at it or more bites at the apple. But it's great that you can hit on second rounds. And again, we just talked about Cole Komet. You know, it took him a while, a lot longer than it should to get uh, your second round pick on on the field that you've been talking up forever. And boy, we'd like to get him the ball more, and then not get him the ball more. But you got to make you got you you're, you're always going to be judged on the number seven overalls, the number two overalls. I mean, it, it's great to hit on the the middle and lower rounds, but if you're Ryan Pace and you're you got Kevin White's and and Leonard Floyd's and, and whatever, and their time here wasn't all that, That that's what you're going to be judged on. Yeah, there's absolutely no doubt about that, and that's what Ryan Pace will be judged on ultimately. 312-332-3776, the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. Keep listening throughout the show. We have been running this contest each of the last several weeks where we give away a $200 game day package, $100 in on-site wagers, um, on horse racing, actually $100 in uh, mobile wagers from the Club Hawthorne app, but also $100 in mobile wagers on the PointsBet Sportsbook app. Um, and you just have to be the 10th caller. Well, we're going to do that uh, later on in the show, but we will do it and we'll give away two of these packages. Ooh. So just keep listening throughout the course of the show. Your first communion money underneath the, the sofa? Yeah. Where, yeah. That's exactly what it's like. Yeah, that's what they did. And, you know, the holiday's coming up, so you figure, why not? We'll be a little, sure. uh, we'll be, we'll give stuff that's away. Great. Points yeah. Bet Sportsbook, the fast and easy way to bet. Download the uh, Points Bet app. Do it today. Um, we've got a couple of polls up there. You can find those on Twitter. Uh, at ESPN 1000. The first one, simple. I was going to run it yesterday. I said, nah, I'm going to save it for today. Uh, how will the Bears finish the final three games? Now, we did this about how we how the Bears would do in the three division games that they had in a row, the Vikings, the Packers, the Lions, mm. and they ended up 0-3. Yeah. So I now think. they have three games remaining. They have the Vikings, the Jaguars, and they close out the season with the Packers, who ended up winning last night in really an ugly game. I only I got home. I was out for a family thing. Got home at halftime. The second half was some of the ugliest football I've ever seen yeah. in the history of the NFL. Um, 
But the Vikings went. I mean, the uh, Packers win by eight points. Spread, I think, on one of them was eight and a half. So, Oops. Yeah, it was interesting. Carmen had run a thing that the uh, Teddy Bridgewater as a road dog had been, like, ridiculous. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. And now, but it was 21-3 at the half, as you indicated. Yeah. And and here's here's the difference, the, the different football worlds we live in within the division. After that ugly win, Aaron Rodgers is lamenting that it left a, a sour taste in his mouth and that he said, that the Packers haven't played a four-quarter game the entire season. Uh, now, okay. Think about that. Yeah. I mean, that that's where the bar is set for a Hall of Fame quarterback. And, you know, the Bears arguably, I, mean, last, I guess last week they played a four-quarter game, but, uh, you know, few and far between. And um, everyone's geeked about beating the Texans. And, and up in Green Bay, the, the Hall of Fame quarterback's not happy about beating the Carolina Panthers because they're awful. Right. Yeah, and 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 uh, Rogers didn't have a great game. They had he ran for a touchdown, uh, threw for a touchdown in the first half, and the second half, as I said, was rather ugly. Uh, among our poll questions today, how will the Bears finish the final three games? Three and zero, two and one, one and two, or zero and three? You can do that at Twitter uh, at, at ESPN one thousand. The other one is is today's matchup between six and seven Bears and the six and seven Vikings more of a playoff uh, type game or an argument against adding a seventh playoff team. The Bear, the uh, league did that before the season started. Mm-hmm. So only the top finisher, the AFC and top finisher, the NFC, those are the only teams that get buys. And then the uh, teams two through seven will play in uh, Wild Card Weekend Week. And uh, that'll be a lot of fun. There'll be and games might, all over the place. they might be adding an eighth. You know, they're, they're going to have that conversation shortly about making that permanent, not only a seventh team, but also an eighth team, because obviously more TV ratings, sure, more TV money, and not knowing exactly what uh, fans in the stands will look like even next year, uh, hoping that the vaccine takes hold and, and enough people want to get it that they can maybe at least loosen the capacities and allow people in the stands. If not, go back to everyone can be shoulder to shoulder again. Yep. So it'll be interesting. This game today, uh, Bears and Vikings up in Minnesota, it's got several names. An elimination game. I saw seventh seed seduction. And I, yes. And I saw the battle to reach 500. Wow. <laughs> and that's basically what it comes down to. Two, yeah. six, and seven teams. Neither has played exceptionally well. And when the Bears lost to Minnesota, 19-13, if you remember that game, the Bears were shutting down Dalvin Cook. Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook was not being able to run the ball. He was limited. He was not doing much of anything. Cook, for at the beginning of the game, I th- he had I had it here written down. I got so many damn stats. But he was re- really being shut down. And then what happened is he, he had 33 yards on 19 carries. And then Akeem Hicks went out. He ended the game with 30 carries, 96 yards. Still not a great game. But they ended up beating the Bears 19-13 in a game they didn't play well. They have actually done very, very well against Dalvin Cook, which is a good thing for the Bears. Cook has averaged only 2.8 yards per carry against the Bears in the four games. And you remember, if you remember the first matchup in Week 10, they talked so much about Akeem Hicks and Dalvin Cook and how they had a little battle between each other, this, 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 and this. I'm eager to see how this is going to play out today because if you shut down Dalvin Cook, that's a good thing. But they can also go to their rookie wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, who lit up the Bears when they played. And um, we'll see what that is. And now if he's being covered by 
a rookie that hasn't gotten a shot to start all season long but now is forced into it, that could make it rather scary if the Bears can't get to Kirk Cousins in the game. Yeah, and no doubt. And, and Fred, last week we told, you know, we talked about take advantage of what the Houston Texans defense was going to give you, and that was they were awful against the run. Right. And sure enough, David Montgomery gets to the house. You and I could have run through that hole. It was yeah. a great offensive line job opening up. And he's now averaging, what, 96 yards uh, and 7.4 per carry with some of those huge runs in, in the, the last few weeks. Games. Yeah. yeah, right. So here's a Vikings defense, though, that is not very good against the pass. And I think that will be something that Matt, Matt Nagy and, and Bill Lazor and, and, and certainly Mitch, who's now you know on the committee of the offensive coordinating committee, and actually, as you said, giving input and they're listening, yeah. uh, you know, 22nd total yards for the Vikings defense, 26th in the passing, sacks per play, 25th, and, and Kirk Cousins has been sacked 10 times in the last two weeks. So yep. Yep. here come, you know, yeah, look, my bold prediction last week, uh, I mean, everyone had a sack but Robert Quinn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe even he'll get one today. Yeah. I don't know. But they, what, they end up with eight last, uh, Seven. last week? Seven, Seven. yeah. 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 We'll we'll have our bold predictions later in the show. The one thing I did say uh, in the show last week, and I said that the left tackle for the Houston Texans, Laramie Tunsil, oh, you were right on, is is a guy that I've never seen play a game where he hasn't oh. had at least one or two penalties. I got to my car after I, I left the studio. I was going to text you. I'm like, oh boy, you, uh, yeah, right away, right out of the box. Yeah. I turned the I turned the ignition on. I turn on the game, you know, the home team call, and there's Joniak saying, "Well, there's a flag. It looks like it's going to be a false start." And Larry Tunsil, and I'm just sitting in my car, I got my hands up in the air. I go, "Of course." <laughs> oh. oh, and then he got a holding call later on. But the funny thing is, after he got called, um, Tom Thayer <laughs> Tom Thayer says, "Well, Larry Tunsil really is like the best little, uh, left tackle in the league. He rarely gets many penalty calls. It's only his fifth. And I'm saying to myself, I'm, I'm talking to the radio. I go, obviously they don't call enough because he's always <laughs> off. And but if he's only had five all season, I guess he's improving. But I was happy that he didn't improve in that game. At least my my uh, predictions came through. Oh boy! Oh my God! Uh, we come back. We'll hear from Mitchell Trubisky about the uh, changes in the offense. We'll hear from Matt Nagy and Bill Lazor. We'll hear from you at three one two three three two three seven seven six. Remember, keep listening throughout the show. We're going to be giving away a couple of two hundred dollar game day packages from the uh, Points Bet Sportsbook people. So keep listening. It's Brian Hanley, Fred Hubner here on ESPN one thousand. Bears Bears football. We're heading to kickoff on the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Points Bet Sportsbook, the fast and easy way to bet on the sports you care about. Download the Points Bet app now to get $100 in free bets when you deposit $20 with code ESPN. A little bit later out of the show, around 11.15, we'll hear from Teddy Greenstein from Points Bet Sportsbook. to let us know how the wagers are going for that Bears-Vikings game, a noon kickoff today up in Minnesota. We'll also take a look at some of the other uh, available bets on the Points Bet Sportsbook. Uh, we'll do that uh, 15, 20 minutes from now, maybe a half hour from now. We also have our Tito's Tip of the Day. We're going to check in with JD at 11 o'clock. We'll do a Vikings preview. Courtney Cronin 
Hogan was on with uh, the young Bucks. Uh, I did say Bucks. Uh, <laughs> Black and Abdallah the other day. So we got some stuff from Courtney Cronin. She covers the Vikings. Yurko's Keys, our bold predictions. We get all kinds of stuff, including the polls you can find at ESPN 1000 on Twitter. But it's, it's amazing, Brian, because last week we were sitting here Six-game losing streak, you're playing the Texans, and it was all, you know, for a whole week it was, uh, they got to sell the team, they need new leadership, Nagy and uh, Pace have to be gone, and then the Bears go on and win 36-7 in a game that they probably should have won. Jason Leisure's headline in Saturday's paper was, you'll only get hurt again, Bears. (laughs) Romance (laughs) with Trubisky appears to be rekindling, even though a breakup is clearly best for everyone. And I don't know how many people that were on the, you know, on the, the ledge one way or another about Trubisky, if that game helped them say, you know what, maybe he's a guy that we could stick with. Or do you think in most people's mind it's a foregone conclusion? He's gone. They didn't give him the fifth-year offer, and they're not going to keep him. Um, I think a couple of weeks ago, pretty much all of Bears Nation not only wanted to believe that, but – Hope that that, in fact, was the case. Right. But when you start thinking about, okay, is Nick Foles going to be your, your quarterback next year then? Uh, just because you're paying him the money? Right. Uh, I mean, what are your options right now? In-house, Nick Foles or what else? Are you going to draft a quarterback? Are you going to go out and sign another Chase Daniels? I mean, who? another Nick Foles? Who, who, if not Mitch, who? And if you're Ryan Pace, you want, you're hoping against hope. It is Mitch, right? Right. And I know the conversation this week was, and almost immediately after the game, well, would Mitch want to come back? Like, like have the Bears done him no favors and he's got animosity towards the Bears because they didn't pick up the, the fifth-year option and he doesn't think that he was given the best opportunity to succeed? Look, if they, if they told him that oh, he's going to be their starting quarterback next year, he, they'd be the only team in the league to tell Mitch Trubisky, you're going to be a starting <laughs> quarterback next year, right? Yeah, I, mean, I think so. So it's, it's amazing how the conversation has turned and. Earlier in the week, Fred, there was a report out there that the the Bears are talking about hiring a new president of football operations and then giving him a year to evaluate Pace and Nagy. We know how that usually goes. Right. Um, And and is that encouraging for the Bears or because of the big win against the Texans, they, they think Nagy and Pace are fine and you don't need a president of football operations. It's kind of like what the Blackhawks did this week. (laughs) <laughs> you know, giving Stan Bowman the title. All they did in my world is, is simply save John McDonough's salary for another couple of years. And sure. and with the with the salary cap being uh, static because of COVID and no people in the stands next season or this season, which is going to start in a few weeks, they just bought themselves some time. And, and Danny Wirtz talked about further accountability for Stan Bowman. I, I, I can almost guarantee you Stan didn't get a dollar raise. He just got a title. Sure. Sure. And and new it business just seems, cards. You got new business cards. Yeah, yeah. It seems like you're doing something without really doing anything. And then Danny is now the new CEO, so that doesn't cost you anything because your dad owns a team. So they just save money and then make it make it look like they've reestablished, you know, the hierarchy and everyone's got different responsibilities. But Stan Bowman said we're not a playoff team. He flat out said it. And they were, the only reason they were a playoff team last year. Is the NHL gifted in that with the with the tournament to get Montreal and the Hawks in because they need TV ratings? Exactly. So my long-winded way again to this point with the Bears battling for the seventh playoff spot today and and having to do work beyond today, but certainly they have to win today. Does that make you a legitimate playoff team moving forward, or are you closer to being 
a team that has some major decisions to make both in the front office, on the sideline, and on the field. The one thing is, uh, and we're going to hear from Trubisky in a second, but the one thing is, if since they've added the seventh playoff team in each conference, you want to make the playoffs. You want to be one of the top seven teams in your conference, no matter what happens. I mean, um, plus it's extra money for the players usually. You make the playoffs, you get a, lecture, a little extra and, and, and for guys, young guys, and hopefully Jalen Johnson is, is back on the field. Yep. Uh, young guys, it's good experience. I think it's playoff great. experience is good experience. Yeah, it's great experience. And, you know, for a quarterback, even if Mitch is still, you know, he's, if, he's, if they make it, the odds are Mitch is still playing well. Right. or at least well enough to play over the next uh, three weeks that they make the postseason and uh, do play. So uh, th- that's something they're all striving for because you know at the end of baseball seasons there are pl- teams that are not there. You hear guys like Mark – I always, always say Mark Grace. I always say Mark Grace when I, don't, when, I mean, <laughs> when I mean Anthony Rizzo. Always. I can't tell you how many times <laughs> I've said it. It's ridiculous. Um, so, But you've heard Anthony Rizzo say, I know a lot of these guys won't be here. It will be a different team next year. They – Baseball players always know that. In football, it's even worse. There's usually, a, you know, out of a 53-man roster, you may have more than half of those the players new uh, each and every year. So they know that this group of guys likely will not be there next year, as they are. And uh, they want to go on and do what they can possibly do. I'm just seeing a report earlier today. Uh, Eddie Jackson walking into the stadium goes, I feel a pick six today. Well, it'd be nice if someone in the secondary could actually catch a ball that's in their hands. You know, Kyle yeah. Fuller's missed a couple. So is Jalen Johnson. He won't have that opportunity today. But um, I'm ho- I'm hoping that they're geeked up. After getting a win, they see that the playoffs are still there. And they're going for them. Because I think it, any athlete wants to get to the next level. And the postseason in this is the next level. Yeah, I and mean, look, you, if, if they don't feel that way, you don't want them in your locker room. No, not at all. That, no. And I think uh, Matt's the kind of guy that will get them fired up. Whatever whatever us outside of Hallis Hall think about Matt Nagy, it still seems like, maybe for the exception of Mitchell Trubisky, that everybody really likes playing for Matt Nagy. And he's been having all kinds of fun going up and down the sidelines, high-fiving people. He did last week, because now he doesn't have to worry about calling the next play. Uh, Bill Lazor's doing it. So, yeah. you know, all of a sudden his Denny's uh, menu is a lot smaller and uh, he doesn't have to worry too much <laughs> about it. But, you know, Mitchell Trubisky, I thought, you know, we mentioned this at the beginning, but this, for those who didn't hear it, this is Mitchell Trubisky earlier this week talking about how coaches are listening to him. He's able to do some of the things he wanted to do all along with this offense. It sounds pretty indicting. Give it a listen for those who haven't heard it. For those who have, just listen again because it's pretty amazing. I do feel comfortable. I mean, uh, after getting benched and then being able to go back in, um, this is just kind of the things, some of the things that I've been asking for. And I feel like it's, there are strengths of mine and also strengths of this offense. And um, I just thought it was a good idea to get Cole more involved, to get David more involved, to get A-Rob more involved. You just got to get the ball to your playmakers out in space and, and, and stretch the field horizontally. Um, and vertically, but also keeping the defense off balance. And I think the change in tempos really helps this offense. I think moving the pocket really helps me and helps our offensive line and also help, uh, helps create run lanes. So these are things I'm very comfortable with, things I've been asking for. Um, and I think everyone's buying into it. And I think we're starting to build an identity. And we just need to keep uh, getting better and better. And at the end of the day, when we play 11 guys as one and we're, and we're playing as, as a unit and we're executing, uh, that's when uh, the good plays will continue to happen. That's it's pretty amazing stuff from Mitch. Uh, and, and we don't, we have no idea 
and I don't think anybody will until maybe the season's over and people sit down and talk about it, how much COVID and not being able to get together and not being able to have some longer practices and and, uh, OTAs and things like that, how much that affected the season. Maybe it really did affect a guy like Mitchell Trubisky and the Bears offense more than other teams. Well, and not only that, Fred, because of the lack of of practice and and on-field workouts, the the thinking was that they just went to – they gave Mitch the job to start the season because, right? right? I mean, it it, it was make-or-break time for Mitch, and Nick Foles didn't have enough time to acclimate himself, even though arguably he should have known the offense as well as Mitch. So the the danger now is how do you evaluate Mitch Trubisky in this – stretch that he's on and, and if it continues on because as Jason Leisure wrote context matters do you do you get blinded by the 67 percent pass completion and the you know 259 yards on average uh, passing every game and the the, the nice uh, TD to interception you're shoving it too right now yeah. yeah do you get do you get do you fall in love with that because you want to or do you also say okay who who are we playing and and what were those teams playing for at the time? The Lions and the Texans and, and the Packers, you know, in garbage time. So just as you maybe didn't have enough opportunity to evaluate going into the season, which of the two quarterbacks was the guy? Uh, and maybe it turns out neither really are the guy. Um, right now, do you, if you're the Bears brass, do you fall in the trap of falling in love with these numbers, even though context matters? It does. It definitely matters. Uh, we will hear from Matt Nagy about Mitchell Trubisky and play calling and things like that. You want to jump on your thoughts about this game? 312-332-3776. We come back, our Tito's tip of the game. I'll give you some numbers, and you make of them what you want, but numbers that uh, look at what the Bears did last time they played the Vikings and lost 19-13, who was there, who wasn't there. We'll take a look at that. We come back. It's Hanley and Hubner here on the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show on ESPN 1000. Continuing, continuing, continuing Bears coverage. Follow us on Twitter at ESPN1000. Follow us on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. And we have more Bears right now. The Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN1000. Welcome back in. Hanley and Hubner with you all the way up till kickoff of the Bears and the Vikings. Uh, for those who missed it, Jalen Johnson will be out. He's got a shoulder injury. Deion Bush also out. So uh, there'll be some changes in the secondary for the Chicago Bears. And um, we'll see how that plays out. This, uh, this kid, Justin Jefferson, 65 catches, 1,078 yards, 7 touchdowns, 7th in receiving yards, 3rd in yards per catch, He's got five 100-yard games, including one he put up against the Bears. He had eight catches for 135 yards, and um, he's going to be a guy that they're going to need to uh, step up and slow down a little bit because they've got receivers. If if uh, you know if Kirk Cousins can stay upright, he can find some guys. Yeah, I mean, Adam Thielen isn't terrible either. No stretch of imagination. So yeah, uh, uh, but you know, do you believe the Bears' defense is rejuvenated now? And and uh, certainly they they made a feast on. Deshaun Watson last week, will they follow that? Look, with Kirk Cousins, we said, 10 sacks in the last two weeks. Why wouldn't you continue to bring the heat and yeah. get everybody involved except Robert Quinn? Yeah. On the, 
on the Tito's tip of the game. That's one of them. Cousins have been sacked 10 times in the last two weeks. You know that Chuck Pagano has mentioned that throughout the course of the uh, week. Another thing for, for you gamblers out there, and we'll talk about the uh, points bet sports book and uh, how the numbers look in a little while, but six of the last seven meetings between these two teams, 40 points or fewer. Last mm. I looked, the uh, point total was 47 for today's game. Wow. So six of the last seven, 40 points or fewer. Is it trend your friend? I don't know. It, it is Carmen's friend. Carm jumps yeah. on with these guys and does his trends all the time, and it works pretty well for him. The other thing is there was no David Montgomery in the 1913 uh, loss to the uh, Vikings earlier in Week 10. The Bears rushed for a total of 41 yards. Okay, David Montgomery hit that halfway to the end zone on his 80-yard touchdown run. Um Guys, you always have to also have to watch out for in this game. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, he had four catches for sixty-three yards. He's, he's been, out, isn't he out? Is he? I didn't yeah, check. I believe he's out. Well, that's yeah. a good. That would be a good thing then. Uh, be, yes, you're right. He is out. Kyle Kyle injury, Rudolph's yeah. out. Uh, Alexander Madison's also questionable, which is good because he can actually run the ball too when uh, Dalvin Cook goes to the sideline. So um, yeah, they have a middle linebacker out also. Uh, Eric Kendricks. Uh, right. So, yeah, a Buster screen out for the Bears also. So it's not only uh, they have three guys in their secondary, Buster screen, Deion Bush, and Jalen Johnson all out. So getting to the quarterback is going to be really important for Don't the Bears. Don't sleep on Duke Shelley. Uh, we, well, got, we talked about uh, Vildor. Yeah. Duke Shelley's got he got a little time out there last week or two. So Yeah, he did. He did. So, uh, yeah, just taking a look at uh, the Tito's tip of the game, brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka, America's original craft vodka. I think one of the most important ones was that six of seven meetings, total 40 points or fewer. And there are numerous times when these two teams meet, they don't score points. And I don't know that many Bears fans are going to expect the Bears to score like they did last week. Uh, they would like to see it. But it just usually doesn't happen when the Vikings and the Bears get together. Well, you know, somewhere between the 31st half points uh, we've seen and and games where either the defense or special teams outscores the Bears offense. So somewhere there's a happy medium in there where you, you don't have to put up the eye-popping numbers and 100-plus passer rating, but you have to be efficient. You have to take what's uh, what's given to you out there and, and jump on them early, right, and just play from a lead. But... Uh, yeah, at least whether they're playing against bottom feeders the last few weeks or not, and you're not buying into it, at least you're not seeing the offense being outscored by special teams like with a Patterson kick return in the Vikings first game against the Vikings, right? Or the defense a couple of weeks, you know, two out of the four weeks where the defense was outscoring the uh, the awful Bears offense because now it doesn't look so awful. Now it looks pretty pretty good. Times yeah. again, are are you buying? It's turned a corner, or are you buying that they're just playing some really bad teams and they should put up those numbers? Brian, I, you and I don't know much about football, apparently, but I, I kind of thought in football that a balanced uh, offensive attack is a good offensive attack. And But, you know, we, Matt Nagy apparently knows more than us because he is the genius head coach. But uh, it seems to me that once they run the football, they're actually able to open their passing game up a little bit. That, it does seem amazing to me. Don't, isn't it amazing to you? Well, he said, I'm not an idiot. I know we have to run the ball more. <laughs> and then, you know, you get, it's great if you get an 80-yard oh, run early in God. the game. That, again, and, yeah. again, credit to that offensive line and, and the play call because it was it was drawn up great and it was executed even better. And David Montgomery, to his credit, said all the kudos go to the, the offensive line. And when you see that, when you saw it in real time, 
it was impressive enough when you saw it on, on replay and saw how big that hole was. And he got some downfield blocking from some of his receivers. I mean, it was terrific. Yep. Listen, growing up a good Catholic boy, I was always a fan of Notre Dame. Uh, oh, boy. And and watching, well, I, yeah. I, Can I you take Brian Kelly off the list of possible Bears coaches? I don't think he was on it. But yeah. I think after yesterday. Yeah. I didn't watch yesterday, but I was leading into another. I actually, I turned it on, and it was bad, so I turned it off. But Ooh. the other, the thing I'm bringing up is Sam Mustafer and Alex Byers, two guys that played and learned the craft of offensive line play at Notre Dame, are doing a heck of a job here. And it's nice to hear comments from other players about how Mustafer is a guy that not only is snapping the ball, but also when a quarter, when a tackle you know is made, he's the first guy to help pick up his running back. He's the guy that's there. He's good Catholic boys. They're up there. They're over there. They're helping their teammates up. They're making sure their teammates don't get jumped upon. Okay, he's the first guy at the grotto for the pregame. <laughs> that's right. Player. That's yeah. right. So you got Bars and Mustafer, and you look at this. We've talked about this for the last several weeks, even with JD, who's going to join us at eleven o'clock. Is when you have uh, white hair. And Mustafer and Bars, not a bad start to the middle of the of the offensive line, and they have helped uh, a David Montgomery rush for the amount he's rushed for over the last several games. Ninety six yard average, seven point four per carry in the last three games, and a lot of that has to do with the strength in that offensive line in the middle. Those middle three guys, two of them guys that really didn't get much of a look until there were injuries, and now maybe we're realizing that you know maybe they should have been looked at a little bit earlier. Well, again, yeah, that's always the other side of the coin. Right? What? Why is Leonard Floyd doing well out in LA? Right. Why? Why is Shaheen doing well in Miami? Why does it take you when you when you have issues on the offensive line? Why does it take you that long into a season to to know what you have? Right. Right. And I, and look, Mike Zimmer. This is interesting. Mike Zimmer um, is dealing with rookies all over his defense. Right. I saw this stat. He they're the third third in the league. With rookies taking defensive snaps, uh, they they have eight, seven different rookies have played on their defense, eighteen hundred and seventy six defensive snaps, and that's nine hundred and fifty one more snaps than the Bears rookies have had, and that's only behind Carolina, awful four and nine team, and Jacksonville, uh, you know, more one of the worst than yeah, yeah twelve game losing streak. So normally when you have to lean on all those rookies because of injuries and trades and everything else, and this is a Vikings team that started one and five and were active before the trade deadline because it looked like they were starting to look at next year already, right? And now they've clawed their way back to six and seven, conversely to the Bears starting five and one and finding their way to get to six and seven by going the other way. But it's it's interesting how you find talent with younger guys. Sometimes it's out of desperation, it's out of necessity. It'd be nice if the coaches just looked around and said, hey, you know what? This guy's doing everything we ask him. It's great to hear teammates talk about Sam Mustafer as, yeah. as a leader. Yep. You know, a guy in the locker room who's who's now confident enough to to take on a leadership role and and you know, be a guy that says, follow me. I mean, that's terrific to find. Yeah, the one thing, and you, you hear David Kaplan here Monday through Friday on the Cap and Jay Hood show, but he also does on NBC Sports Chicago, the postgame show with Alex Brown and um and Olin. Lance Briggs and also Olin Krutz. And Olin Krutz had mentioned Sam Mustafer weeks before 
um, the you know there were any injuries. He had suggested that moving Sam Mustafer there might have been a good idea. I remember mm-hmm. Cap saying it, and when he said it, I'm going, okay, nobody nobody listening knows who Sam Mustafer is, right? Okay, uh, but since he's come in, he's done well. The running game has helped. He's been out there working hard, and keep an eye on him today. It's going to be you know that's going to be key for the Bears because if they're going to keep the running game going with Montgomery and with Cordero Patterson, whatever they're going to do, they they need help in that middle of that offensive line, and they've been getting it now. Now, one of the things we have seen from Mitch the last couple of games, Mitch has been good the last couple of weeks. Uh, the, the offense puts up 369 yards and 30 points against Detroit in a loss, 410 yards and, three, and 34 points against Texas. Um, but you look at it, and Nagy was asked about Mitch, and he goes, yeah, this is the real Mitch we're seeing. Yeah, I think it's real, and, and I say that because when we made the move to Nick, uh, again, at that point in time, it's it's really hard to accept for for Mitchell. But I do believe that for a lot of different reasons, that's going to end up really helping him out in his career. And what it's done is it's able it's enabled him to take a step back and see where we're at. And now these last three games, um, we're feeling an identity within this offense, and he's a big part of that. You know, he's able to you see some of the stuff we're doing with the nakeds and the movements and. Uh, he's changing his arm angles. He's making good decisions uh, where he's looking downfield. And if it's not there, he's getting the ball down to the backs and the tight ends and they're making plays. Uh, it's hard to defend when you do that, when you get the run game going. Um, I've mentioned the identity part the last couple of weeks and and we feel that way. And the guys are playing with confidence. And I do believe it's real for Mitchell right now. And I, I like where he's at and he's just kind of staying in his own lane and he's just being a leader and making plays. And that's what's important. Now, see, that all sounds great. You know what? I'd like to have heard that uh, after the first game, that, well, that the offense that, has their identity. Well, that that I'd like to have heard it last year, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that that's the problem. I mean, you brought up Olin, and, and you're right. Listeners weren't going to know Sam Mustafer's name unless they were Notre Dame fans, okay? Right. If Olin can see it and suggest weeks before it becomes a reality and, and it's a guy we're now watching and wanting to watch each week – then you know who and who on the sidelines and who at practices and who in house hall don't see it sooner than later. That's what their jobs are to evaluate and to know what they have. Sure, it, it's hard to defend to use Matt Nagy's words right there. If you're going to buy, if you're going to take uh, Mitch Trubisky at his word that he is now telling him what I like and they're actually listening and trying to tailor an offense around it. Well, you know, why weren't you doing that two years ago? Exactly. Yeah, it, it, that's hard to defend. If, if in fact you're going, Mitch is telling you the truth here, that he's lobbying for more David Montgomery, he's lobbying for moving the pocket, he's lobbed, and these things look good against some bad teams. Uh, why weren't you trying to put him in the best opportunities to succeed in, in years past? Uh, I mean, and, and maybe Mitch is it's his perception that they're listening to him now. You don't know the reality of it, right? But if it's accurate then that just begs a few more questions as to what the hell was going on there the last two years. Yeah, the thing with Cole Komet really has surprised me because they go on out and get this guy in the second round, and we knew that when they did have two tight ends, their offense worked pretty well. And then Trey Burton was gone, and then Shaheen was hurt, and they didn't have any other guys there, and it's like, okay, it didn't work. Then they go on out and get Jimmy Graham, who for all, you know, for all the criticism we gave to Jimmy Graham, he's done what he was supposed to do. He's caught touchdowns. He's got six of them. He had five in two years with the Packers, okay? I mean, look, if, if Ryan Pace wanted to overpay him and George McCaskey was okay with that, yeah. 
that I mean that gives you that has cap implications, and that's why it's evaluated as one of the worst contracts in the league because the production's okay enough. Although, he, well, I don't, last couple of weeks, how long, how many snaps he been on the field for? Right. Um, for nine million a year, that that you can argue that point, right? But I'm with you. A few weeks ago, Cole, Cole Komet, uh, Matt Nagy's, you know, we've got to see more of him. And now you're Mr. Trubisky saying, well, I want to get Cole involved more. And right. they, they seemingly are doing that now. Yeah, last two weeks for Cole Komet, nine catches, 78 yards. So, I mean, that's what you want ex- you're, that's what you expect to see from your tight end. Heck, maybe even more than that. Uh, 312-332-3776, that's the number because we right now are going to give away not one, but two $200 game day packages, $100 in mobile wagers on horse racing through Club Hawthorne, $100 in mobile wagers on sports through the PointsBet Sportsbook app. Uh, be caller 10, be caller 20, 312-332-3776. Uh, two things to note, you must be 21 or older, you must be a resident of Illinois. And uh, we'll do this each and every Bears pregame show. There's two more after this one. Be sure to mention that uh, the official rules. I'm starting. I'm like Cap now, reading it the way it says it. Be sure to mention <laughs> that official contest rules can be found at ESPNChicagoContest.com. So that's where they can be found. Uh, we'll do be that. Be sure to mention it. You mentioned it. I did. The I show. mentioned it. I mentioned it right twice. Uh, callers 10 and callers 20. You will win right here on ESPN 1000. Now, the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show continues. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Before we take a look at some numbers on uh, the Points Bet Sportsbook um, app, we're, I wanted to play Bill Laser because Bill Laser is the guy calling the plays. At least that's what we've been told. Uh, <laughs> Right now, Brian. Um, so, Laser was asked about Mitch being more assertive. Has he really? I think I think Mitch does a, is doing a great job uh, of speaking up and giving his opinion. And it could be very simple things, uh, or it could be bigger things. So, a bigger thing would be, let's put it this way. Let's say a uh, usually a. a you know, a quarterback will know, man, the head coach really likes this play. You know, I mean, he, he Mitch has been here for a while, right? And so he, he's been with coach for a while. So when there's a play and he really knows that the head coach likes the play, it could be hard for a player to say, gosh, I don't like that play this week. Or I don't like how such and such player ran that play. And usually those are the – or I don't like the way their corners play. So I'm not sure if that's a good play this week. I mean, those, those are usually the reasons why – a player wouldn't like it unless it's new. You know, if something's new, then maybe it takes a guy a little bit. But but for Mitch, uh, like right now, I have I have uh, great confidence that if Mitch really isn't feeling something, he'll say it. He'll just say it. It's not a big deal. And that that communication, I think, is is uh, what you strive for with um, you know with professional players. And and I'll also say that that uh, you know it's not equal. Not every player gets the same say. I mean, that's real clear, I think. I mean, guys have to earn the yeah. ability. I'm not saying I won't listen to, to you, but you've got to prove, right, that, that you've earned the ability to help have input. 
I mean, that's, you know, it, it's made. So I would say it's it's a fair system, but it's clearly not equal and shouldn't be equal. Guys who earn a little bit more input start getting it. And then over time that happens. And if it gets abused, then, you know, the ramifications. But uh, that's, you know, that's ideally that's how the NFL works. Yeah. You're dealing with adults, hopefully. <laughs> so basically, um, just- they, they won't listen to you until you actually prove that maybe you know what you're talking about. Has he done that? Really? I don't know. I mean, our, it, it, we're we're toward the end of year four. Yeah, and, and again, he was your your second overall selection. Four draft picks traded to move up one. He was Ryan Pace's guy. Had to have the guy. Oh, I'm worried other teams who want this guy. We got to go get him. And, and it took you four years. And, and look, I mean, okay, and Matt Nagy likes certain plays. That's what I heard. And, and Mitch knows that he likes those plays, and we're going to go with those plays no matter. It, it's great they're having this conversation, and it's great that they're listening to him. And you just wonder if Mitch is like, what, what the hell do I have to lose? You know, I've got one foot out the door. They didn't pick up my option. I, I'm trying to impress other teams and let them know I, I can actually play in this league. So I'm going to go down with, you know, what I like to run. But where was that again? Where was that the last couple of years? I mean, even go back to 2018, that team was a playoff team mostly because of the defense, right? Vic yeah. Fangio's defense. It wasn't some great offensive explosion and, and statement from Bears offense that they've arrived. So I, this is so muddled now when it goes back to our conversation earlier. Is is Mitch legitimately have a chance to come back? And if they win today, they should beat up on Jacksonville and maybe they, they play a Green Bay team that has nothing to play for. Right. So now you've got a stretch of six games or so and – it, can, is he allowed one hiccup against the Packers even? Uh, it, 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 does he have to be the Mitch of the last few weeks in each of these final three games to even make that argument that that he should be coming back? And the fact that we're even talking about him coming back is remarkable in, in and of itself. Oh, sure it is. Yeah, there's no doubt. Because when he got pulled early in the season, and, and now the question, I mean, maybe only half of the Bears fans are, are thinking that he did get pulled too early. They should have left him in, let that Atlanta game play out, change things, work on stuff, instead of going to Nick Foles. But you knew that Nick Foles was a guy that Matt Nagy wanted to bring in. He knew sure. the offense. He was a guy he saw succeed in the offense. Um but we didn't see any of that. When he was Nick a Foles. Super Bowl MVP. Uh-huh. I know. <laughs> One guy's resume, as inconsistent as it's been, and Nick Foles has been to the top of the mountain, and Mitch has not had you know a very inconsistent resume. It's been pretty consistent, and on his best days, he's been mediocre, and on his worst days, he's been a hell of a lot worse than that. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. I, so it's 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 really. It's more confusing for Bears fans as we go forward because Bears fans are going to sit in front of the TV at 12 o'clock and say, okay, do I want them to win this game? Do I do I want them and Mitch to play well? If they do, is it get more confusing? What's going to happen? It's This whole season has, has played out strangely, just like the rest of the year has in every aspect, uh, 2020. A couple of things on the points bet app, and we'll also hear from uh, Teddy Greenstein in about 20 minutes, and uh, he'll take a look at some of the other uh, numbers. But quarterback passing yards, they have Mitch uh, over 245.5 at minus 115. Mm-hmm. Uh, quarterback, Other quarterback wagers of uh, touchdown passes, Mitch over 1.5 at uh, minus 113. There's one I saw here that I thought was interesting. Uh, oh, longest uh, longest completion. Now, most people say that Mitch can't go deep. 
55 plus yards is plus 580. 40 wow. to 54 is plus 255. 0 to 24 is his longest, is plus 275. If you don't think Mitch goes deep and his guys aren't going to get deep, the only guy that really does is um, Mooney, okay? Maybe Miller once in a while, but he never seems to catch the ball. No, um, just ask him. They, they, yeah. they call his number at practice, but exactly. they don't call his number during the game. So, I mean, I would not be surprised if people, that you, you bet Mitch his longest completion, either 0 to 24 at plus 275 or 40 to 54 if you think that Mooney can actually get free at plus 255. Now, between 25 and 39 is minus 102. But well, there's so many ways back, to make money. And I know it's pretty much the standard, you know, one and a half touchdown passes for Mitch, right? Yeah. You yeah. said minus 113 for the over? Yep. Okay, we, we've talked about the Vikings' defense, 26th in passing yards, 25th in sacks per play for their offense. Um, and 20, they've allowed their 22nd total yards allowed, their defense. If they're not getting big chunk plays, and he doesn't have at least a couple touchdown passes, aren't the Bears in trouble today? Sure. Sure they are. Uh, I mean, some of those numbers... And it kind of scream, oh oh, it's a flip of the coin game. And I guess the the line was three and a half. It was down to three. I don't know if it's gone it's three, down. It's still tick. three right now. Yeah, 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 it's still three right now. So we come back. We'll check in with Jeff Dickerson and uh, get his latest on the game. Maybe he can tell us what he thinks about some of the guys that are out for the game and if uh, they can shut down a uh, Kirk Cousins. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. That's the number you want to jump on in. Uh, JD next right here on ESPN one thousand.